outside. We had lots of kids out there. I think someone said we had like 75 kids or something like that. And so that's pretty good for, for the little church we got going here. And uh, we had the bounce houses and all that. Someone said that water slide would be a cool thing to do with the next baptismal and, and all that. It'd be pretty cool. So the, the day before that, we handed out like 72 bags to the homeless and the homeless camps. Uh, yesterday, we had our food uh, giveaway. Yeah, I can go ahead and clap for that. That's awesome. Um, we provided meals for 40 people yesterday. That was awesome. And a bunch of clothes. And so these are things, guys, we're trying to do in the community. We're trying to let the community know we don't want something from them. We want something for them. And as a church, we want to be able to start really reaching out and be more of a mission-minded church into our community and city. So just keep praying that the Lord's going to lead us and guide us to, in that direction that we can really reach out and touch people, guys, because that's where growth's going to come from. It's not going to come from people transferring in and going from different church to different churches. It's going to come from us having a heart for the lost and going out for people. Praise to God. Um, so Thursday nights we have Celebrate Recovery, which is doing really great. Uh, if you hadn't been out to a Celebrate Recovery, come out on the third Saturday because they have a birthday night. They have crazy music and they have a good testimony and then they have food next door. So you can come out and get some food too. So, um, this Tuesday night is going to be prayer meeting, so if, come on out, be a part of that. That's a good place to come learn how to pray and fellowship with the Lord. Praise God. And I think I've got all the announcements since Jen did the other one. Real quick, if, uh, if the ladies need a ride Friday, Saturday night, mm-hmm. I'll be willing to do that. All right. So, see, see, see the bald guy right here. <laughs> He's my brother. He's all right. Praise the Lord. Um, Yes, and today's Mother's Heart, and the last class with Brother White, we're finishing up in our leadership, and then we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to start a study on the end times, uh, the book of Revelation, so, and that's open for the whole church, and it's going to be a lot of good stuff, so we're living in some times, guys, now, if you haven't looked around, you need to start, you know, paying attention, the Lord's getting ready to come back and call this church home, praise God. So praise the Lord, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians 3.10. I got the new King James, but it should be the same pretty much in, in, in the version you're going to have, praise God. So Philippians 3.10, uh, the Apostle Paul, he says that I may know him, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death by any means that I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Father, I just give you the praise this morning. I just ask, Father, Lord, that you would touch your church, Father, that you would speak a word to your church, Lord. Touch me, Lord, to minister your word. I bind every hindering spirit, every spirit, Lord, to try to snatch my words. I bind and break its power in Jesus' name. And, Father, I just ask your Holy Spirit to have his way here in this church, Father. And, Father, I ask this in the name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So my thought for you this morning is what's your motivation? See, because motivation can come from all kinds of things and from all kinds of places. Um, You know, an older person that's got health issues and been struggling with health, you know, he might want to go to the gym and start working out and, you know, to get his, you know, health, you know, better. You know, he wants to live longer. You know, health's a good motivation to to get yourself together so you can live longer and just live a healthier life. You know, the person that's overweight that wants to go on a diet, you know, he's motivated because he steps on the scale and it says one at a time, please. You know, um, or he sits down at the dinner table and that button, bing, shoots off and almost takes his kid's eye out because, you know, he's overweight. So it's a good motivation 
motivation to lose some weight. Uh, it's football season right now, so a lot of teams are really motivated to get out there and, uh, and do good and uh, maybe go undefeated, make it to a state title or to a, you know, a championship round. And then I think people who understand motivation best is like Olympic athletes. They, uh, they have to stay motivated because they have to stay at a high level um, of, of training to be able to compete at that high level like that. So they understand motivation. So what's your motivation today, church? Why are you here? What's your motivation for being here? Are you here out of obligation? Are you here out of tradition? Or are you here out of routine? What's your reason for being here? What's your reason this morning for serving Christ? Are you here to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, his love, his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, the plan and purpose that he has? for your life. What's your motivation for being here today, guys? Are you here to serve him out of a pure love because of what he's done for you? Because he, he went to the cross and he shed his blood and he died for you? Is that your motivation this morning? Are you, are you motivated out of the benefits of what you can get for Christ? What, what, what he can do for you? What's your motivation this morning? See, a lot of Christians come to church and they don't even have a motivation to serve the Lord. They're just coming out of a tradition because it's something they've done. It's just something that's been a part of their life. It's been a part of their culture. Grandpa and grandma, grandma have done it. You know, mom and dad did it. So I'm going to do it. You know, coming to church, your motivation for Christ has to be more than coming to church on a Sunday. It's got to be more than a routine. You might say, well, pastor, I'm coming to church because I want to go to heaven. Well, let me tell you something. Heaven or church will never get you to heaven. Heaven is not based on membership. It's based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to be born again. You have to know Christ. Jesus said in John 3, 3, you must be born again. That means there's a relationship. You have to know Christ in your life. You have to be motivated for more than what Christ can give you. See, heaven's a benefit of a relationship with Jesus Christ, but the true treasure is knowing Christ. Your motivation should be to know Christ and be in relationship and fellowship with him. Just like Paul said, to know him and the power of his resurrection, guys. See, the one true mark of discipleship is being in a relationship with Christ. See, to know doctrine and not know uh, Christ, it's a waste of time. See, I can get a history book, and I can, I can read about a certain individual. I can get a biography and, 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 and read where they've been and places they've uh, been and things they've done and people they know. But unless I have an intimate, personal knowledge of them, all I have is head knowledge, not heart knowledge. And there's a lot of people that come to church, they have a head knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, but they don't have a heart knowledge. They're not born again. They don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you have to know Jesus Christ on a personal level. See, they read the Bible, they, they come to church, you know, uh, and they've um, been around sermons, but they haven't let Christ in their heart to be Lord of their life. And guys, it's more than coming to church, it's more than knowing doctrine, it's more than having works. You have to know Christ on a personal level, to know Him in the power of His might, the fellowship of His suffering, guys. Romans 8, 29 says, being conformed to the image of Christ. When people look at me, I don't want people to see me. I want them to see Christ in my life, that I've been, I've been conformed to his image. It's not me that lives no more. It's Christ that lives in me because I have fellowship. I have relationship with Christ. Amen. It's about being intimate with Christ, having that personal relationship with Christ. That I know the sound of his voice when he speaks to me. 
John 10 says this, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and, and they follow me. See, my wife and me, we have relationship. We have covenant relationship. In marriage, she can speak. I can know her voice. In a crowd, she can speak. I can know her voice. She says, I have a weird voice, and she can point me out of a crowd just when I laugh, because I have a weird laugh, because we have spent time together. We have fellowship. You have to spend time with Christ. You have to know Christ, that when he speaks, you know his voice when he speaks to you guys. In John 20, 15, Mary heard the voice of Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she recognized his voice because she'd been in relationship with the Lord. He'd cast seven devils out of her in her past and she became a follower of Christ. She knew his voice because there was relationship there. Church, are you close enough to the Lord today that you recognize his voice when he speaks to you? Pastor Ben, when he was pastoring, there's always people that would come by and, and they say, Pastor Ben, the Lord has sent me here to be your Timothy. The Lord has sent me here to study under you. The Lord has sent me here to learn from you. And then later on, things would happen and, and you know, the things wouldn't go their way or whatever. And all of a sudden, Lord, the Lord's released me and, and to, to go somewhere else. And I'm just like, Really? <laughs> What voice are you listening to? Because when the Lord puts you in a place to learn and grow, just because it don't go your way, he doesn't say you can get up and leave. There's a humility. You have to learn. You have to go through some things. But see, the problem is, guys, people are more in tune with the flesh than they are the spirit of Christ. And so they hear the spirit of flesh thinking it's Christ, and it's not a lot of times. Do you know the voice of the Lord when he speaks to you this morning? Do you have motivation to know Christ? As Christians, our source of motivation is the Word of God and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. See, the problem with most Christians, though, they don't spend enough time in God's Word or fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit to have motivation to do the things of God. The Bible says here in Psalms 119.105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then he says here in John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you and guide you and direct you in all truth. See, the Holy Spirit, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And then the Holy Spirit's the guide. He takes my hand and then he guides me down the path that the word of God is illuminated for my life. Amen. One person said there's a right way, there's a wrong way, and then there's your way. And see, that's why there's a lot of Christians that's not motivated in Christ, because they're trying to do it their way. They're trying to go their own path and not follow the path that the Holy Spirit has for their life. See, you can't stay motivated in your Christian walk and not stay in God's Word and not stay in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen. Are you living in God's Word today? Are you in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? See, if you don't stay motivated uh, for the things of God through his word, guys, then you'll, you'll tend to start following after the motivations of the world. The world will start pulling you out with its motivations. You have to stay in tune with God's spirit. 
That's, what was, oh, that's why it's so important to, to be disciplined, to, uh, to be, um, to be uh, in attendance at your church, and to be in relationship with your church fa- uh, family. It's nice outside. I could be out hiking today. I could be out golfing or, or having food with uh, some friends or whatever. But, you know, it's Sunday. Today's my day to be here with you and worship God with my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, the things of the world can wait. Golfing can wait. Hiking can wait. Lunch can wait. I don't want to let anything come between mine and my relationship and, and the motivation to be here and be faithful to God's house. Church, you have to be motivated and faithful to know Christ. So what can stop your motivation to know Christ? Number one is the fish and loaf syndrome. So Jesus had done this miracle. He's fed these 5,000 um, with, I think, five, five loaves, two fish. And so he takes off and goes to this other side of the lake and the disciples. And so the next morning, all these people get up and they're like, where's Jesus? And so they, they take off to go find him. And so they find him here in John six twenty six, and Jesus says this to him. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled says, do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal upon him. See, some people's only motivation for following Christ is to see what they can get from Christ. It's like a spiritual welfare system or welfare system, however you want to say that, praise the Lord. My mouth's dry, so that's all right. Uh, they want the benefits of Christ, but they don't want the co- uh, commitment to Christ. They want the favor, but not the sacrifice. And see, guys, you can't treat Christ like a one-night stand where you just come in and get what you want and then leave. It don't work that way. See, t- too many people go after the fishes and loaves, and they don't, they don't go after the relationship with Christ. Their whole motivation is to see what I can get in, in receiving. They're not interested in serving and knowing Christ. And see, it's all about the fish and loaves for them. And so we, we have that food program. We give away food once a month, and, and people come out all the time. And I see repeat people come out all the time and, and get food, but they never come to church. See, people will come out for the fish and loaves, but they won't come out for a relationship with Christ. You know, they're motivated by their stomachs. They're not motivated by their need to know Christ. See, don't come to church and just fill up on the fishes and loaves and, and leave empty, leave a, a empty in your life. Jesus said in John 10, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. There's fullness in Christ for you today. In Christ, there's both relationship and provision for your life. Jesus says here in 635 here in John, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me, in other words, comes to me, is in relationship with me, shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. See, Philippians says 419, my God will meet all my needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Christ has everything you need, church. Your motivation has to be Christ, not the fish and loaves, not what he can provide for you, not the benefits, but Christ and Christ alone. See, because if you have Christ, you have it all. You have Christ, you have it all. Almost got ahead of myself. So what can stop our motivation to know Christ? Number two, guys, is unhealthy relationships. Second Corinthians 6 and 14 says this. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? 
and what communion has light with darkness. See, if you're a Christian, you're spending most of your time with friends and non-believers, there's something going on in your life. Something's out of place. Light and dark don't mix. You should be craving fellowship of other other believers in Christ. I'm not saying it's not okay to talk to people that aren't saved and, you know, spend some time with them. But when uh, you spend more time in worldly relationships than you do with God, then the motivations in your life are going to be driven by the world. See, I don't desire to hang out with the world, to talk like the world, and act like the world, and, and, you know, live like the world, because that's part of my old life. That's the old past. That's the old nature. That's those old clothes. That's been crucified in my life. I desire fellowship with Christ and Christ-centered relationships, guys. The Bible says here in Proverbs 7, or in 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So when I go and I speak to my my friend in Christ who's excited about his mission trip, that's going to motivate me to want to do missions. If I go and talk to my brother about how he's just excited about working and serving in the church, that's going to excite me about and motivate me about getting involved and working in the church. Or if I talk to a brother who's teaching a Bible class and he's doing this really good study on a certain subject, that's going to motivate me to want to learn about that subject. Man, it's the same way in the world. When you start hanging out with people, it's nothing about, you know, smoking dope and chasing women and and doing whatever. That's going to affect your life. See, your, your friends can motivate you for the things of God, or they can motivate you for the things of the world. What kind of friends do you have this morning? What kind of relationships are you involved in? See, if you're a single Christian, you're trying to, to date and have relationships with the world and, and non-believers, guys, that will stop the motivation for Christ in your life right there. Light and dark can't share the same space. You'll compromise, and you'll compromise, guys, till you have no standards left in your life. And you can't let down the, st- the standard of purity. You can't st- let down the standard of holiness. And you, you can't let down the standard of, of self-control in your life. And let me tell you something. Sex and dating, sex and relationships outside of marriage is wrong, and it's sin in God's eyes. And you can't be right and come to church and be sleeping around outside the church and expect the blessings of God to be upon your life. It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. See, there's been more people that's fell out of church because of, of un, unhealthy relationships. You know, they got hooked up in unhealthy relationships. They fall out of church. They fall out of the programs. They fall out of celebrate recovery because they've got their motivation on an unhealthy relationship instead of a relationship with Christ. See, I had a friend I met like three years ago in CR, and um, he was doing great. He'd been um, sober, clean for one year, and he was doing good. He started coming to church. He was going to men's groups. Um, he started getting involved in things in the church. Well, one, one night, a young lady came to CR, and they started talking. They started hanging out. They started hanging out outside the church. They started hanging out outside CR. They started going places together, going places they shouldn't have been going together. And next thing you know, he's back out on the streets using. That's been three years. As far as I know, he's still out there. Because he got his motivation off Christ. And he got it on a, on a healthy relationship. And he lost everything that he'd been working for because he got his eyes off the prize, guys. He got it on an unhealthy relationship. 
See, your focus has, and your motivation has to be Christ, like Paul said, to know Christ. And see, guys, if you get established in Christ, then Christ can bring other relationships in your life. But if you're here today and you're in a program and you're just being very clean, it's not God's will for you to hook up with some other relationship besides him. He wants you to know him. You have to be in relationship with Christ. Then when you get established in Christ, Christ will send by the right mate. Then you can do it in the confines of holy marriage. But until then, leave that stuff alone. Number three, what can stop your motivation to know Christ? Laziness. All it takes to stop the move of God in your life is laziness. Not willing to pursue Christ. It doesn't take big sin to stop the move of God in your life. It just takes you being lazy. See, when you get lazy, you lose your motivation. Laziness is a lack of motivation. It's unwillingness to work and do what you know to do. Proverbs 12 and 24 says this, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. See, no one that's lazy will ever reach their potential in Christ. You can't let laziness steal your motivation to know Christ. Be diligent in your pursuit of Christ. Be motivated to know Christ. Have that motivation to work and to grow in your relationship with Christ so you don't become lazy. It's your responsibility to know Christ. It's your responsibility to be motivated to grow your relationship with Christ Jesus, guys. You can ask any farmer, and he'll tell you, you have to plow, you have to dig, you have to plant, and you have to water to produce a crop. And it's the same thing in our spiritual life, guys. You can't produce a crop if you're lazy. You have to read. You have to pray. You have to spend time with God. You have to spend time doing the disciplines of God, cultivating the relationship with Christ in your life. Thomas Edison said this, we often miss opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. See, laziness will cause you to miss out on knowing Christ because knowing Christ involves cross-bearing. And see, lazy people don't want to carry the cross because it involves too much work. Church, you can't let laziness stop your motivation to know Christ. You got to put on your big boy and big girl pants and go to work. Get in God's word. Join a Bible class. Join a prayer group and learn. Dig in. Have your relationship. Develop that relationship with Christ. Spend time with God. It's where we get our motivation and our inspiration from, spending time with God, like Paul said, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Number four, what can stop our motivation to know Christ? Setbacks and discouragement. Everybody's going to face some setbacks in your life. At one point or another in your life, everybody's going to have some discouragement slap you in the face. You know, if the enemy can put a setback in your life, cause you to be discouraged, that cause you to lose your motivation to know Christ, then, you know, that's what he's going to do. That's his game, is discourage you from knowing Christ. See, setbacks are temporary. They're not permanent in the life of a believer. Discouragement has no place in the life of the believer, because Jesus said here in John 16, 36, he goes, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So guys, guess what? You don't have to be discouraged, because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So even if you face a setback, guess what? It's all going to work out anyway. Praise God. You just got to trust God and put your faith in God and hold on. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. When uh, Pastor Ben, when we were building this building, we put the trusses up and we put the sheeting on and um, the city came out and they held the work up. They're all, you can't work no more because there was a mess up on the calculations of what the, the roof span can hold and the weight can hold. And, and for a pastor that's motivated to see his vision take place and, and to finish, it was discouraging for him. And it was tough on him. You know, it's set here like idle for three months and the walls begin to kind of warp because of the heat because we couldn't uh, enclose it. And you can still kind of see some of the warpage on the walls. And, and it was tough for him. He, had, he was in a holding pattern and he, was, he had to face discouragement, you know, because we couldn't do anything. But God, when guys, when, when God puts something in your spirit, you have to trust God. You have to push through the discouragement, the setbacks. And know if God's put something in your spirit, he's able to bring it to completion. He's able to finish it in your life. You just got to trust God, not get discouraged. Stay motivated in what God's put in your spirit, whether you see it come to fruition right now or if it's coming down the road. And he just trusted God and come to find out that when they got all that all paperwork all straightened out, this thing was designed to, to carry way more weight than what what we thought it was. It was designed to carry those, those brick terracotta type of, of asphalt shingles. And, and so it's, it was built way stronger than we thought. And so I had a friend about seven years ago that the Lord spoke to him and told him to start a clothes closet. And clothes closet's a lot of work, I know, because we have one. Thank the Lord for all the, the help I had yesterday and uh, doing the clothes. But so he went, he started getting all these donations. And the first day of the, of the first closed closet giveaway, only a couple people from the church showed up, and I think only a few people from around town showed up. So he started to get discouraged. He kept it going for a while, but he let discouragement take his motivation, so he quit it. Guys, you can't quit when God places something in your spirit. When he's placed something in your spirit about your family about a call or purpose. You can't because you don't see it happen, because you face setbacks. You can't quit and get discouraged and lose your motivation for what God's calling you to do, what he's placed in your life. You have to be like, Paul, I press on, I press through, I strain forward through the discouragement, guys, through the opposition, through whatever is coming against me. You've you got to be willing to press through, trust God, stay motivated in what God's put in your spirit. Some of you might be here today and you might be discouraged in your spirit because uh, you've been praying for a salvation of a loved one and you don't see no change. You might be here and you've been praying for someone to get off a break an addiction in their life and you don't see no change. You're, you're wanting to see something, but it's seeing a step forward, you're seeing a step back and maybe you're getting discouraged and you're, you're wanting to lose your motivation to pray for them. Don't stop praying for them. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Because sometimes you might not see what's going on on the outside, but you trust God and you know God's still at work. And one day that step backwards is going to be a step forward and you can praise God, but you got to stay focused and you got to stay motivated and you got you to just trust God in that situation, guys. Just like Paul said, I press forward towards the goal. Don't let setbacks and discouragement stop your motivation from knowing Christ. See, the Apostle Paul had been in prison. He'd suffered many things. He'd had many setbacks and discouragements. But he still said, I press forward towards the goal. I strain forward towards the prize. See, church, above knowing your plan and purpose here on earth, above knowing your gifts and talents, let your motivation be to know Christ. To know Christ 
and the power of his resurrection, guys. That I may know him, Paul said. That I may know him. If the worship team would come on back up. I'm not very long-winded today, praise the Lord. What's your motivation for serving the Lord today? Is it to see what you can get from the Lord? Is it, is it the fish and loaves? Or is it because you, you want to know him? Because he went to the cross, he took your place. He didn't deserve to die on a cross for you or me. The things we've done in our lives, the times we've spent in our addictions, but Christ loved you enough. He was willing to take your place upon the cross. And church, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in some relationships and maybe you don't even know how to get out of them, but the Lord knows how to get out of them. The Lord knows how to fix the situation. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with some discouragement in your life. The Lord is the best motivator you'll ever meet in your life, the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to open these altars. I'm going to have the prayer team come on up. And if you have a need in your body where you need prayer, we believe in the healing touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you just want to spend some time, you don't want no one praying for you. These altars are open. Now's the time. Dig in. See what God has for you. He loves you so very much. And maybe you're here today, guys, and you have a head knowledge of Christ, but you don't have a heart knowledge. You just come to church and thought, well, if I come to church, I'm saved. It don't work that way. You have to ask Christ in your life. But if you do it, that would be the best decision you ever make in your life. So if you'd like prayer, we want to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the name.